Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Marty Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58. Here is Stormy Bonatoni and Michael Lombardi on VSEN, the sports betting network. We are back here, hour two of the Lombardi Line as DraftKings Network Super Week rolls on live from Media Row in Las Vegas. This segment is presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, great start, hour one. In case you missed anything, remember you can always download the Lombardi line in podcast form wherever you get your podcast. Today is Thursday, which also means a new GM Shuffle episode yeah, is going to be it. there, locked I mean, and loaded. Yeah, we just did it. We recorded it. Femi was, uh, you know, he, he's, he played the diva role today. He diva was, role? He showed up late. I mean, you know, one wrong, all wrong. And we got it. But Elliot and I were here. We were both here on time. But Femi couldn't quite make it on time. But we had to work around his schedule. Well, but that's we, okay. We got to give Femi a little bit of grace, too, because it is Super Bowl <laughs> week. And there are perhaps some festivities that you might on go time. on in the evening. You live in town. You were on time. <laughs> Thank I you, know, Michael. See, no diva behavior here. No, never. Never with you. It's been interesting. You know, what a great town. But, you know, there's so much been going on with the 15, the construction. When I was here yeah. last year, it was unbelievable. And now I'm starting to see a lot of roads are getting closed. I don't even want to go near... Allegiant Stadium in the coming week, in the coming days, I think it's going to be impossible, right? Well, I was going to say, when you're driving on the 15, at least you get like a very long view of Allegiant Stadium. Yes. You can make sure you see that matchup graphic. Um, yeah, it's great. <laughs> but that's why I get off. I, I, you see, I'm a local. I know which exits I have to get off of so that I can avoid some of the traffic there. So that's the benefit. Yeah, you know your way around the town. You know the back streets. You, you're like Springsteen. You know the back streets. Um, I am excited, though, this hour for, uh, again, in, in hour one, we had a great talk with ESPN NFL insider Dan Graziano will have Bleacher Report NFL insider Jordan Schultz coming on here in about 15 minutes. Um, we'll also get good friend of the show, Sean Merriman, talk with him, former sack leader in the NFL and, of course, former Charger. So lots of topics to discuss with him in terms of the new head coach, Antonio Gates, because we've got NFL honors coming up later on today. Find yeah. out who's going to be enshrined in now, this year's Hall the, of Fame. The, uh, oh, the, uh, the Hall of, usually they did the Hall of Fame. Maybe I'm behind. They did the Hall of Fame on Saturday, but I guess they do it tonight. Yeah. 
Yes. So we we know who the who the nominees are, the 15, right, the 15 nominees. But now we'll know who's going. Correct. In. Tonight okay. at NFL Honors, basically. And we'll, we'll. Are you going tonight? I am. Yes. Oh, good for you. So uh, that'll be fun. Where will that be held? It's at Resorts World. That's where I am. Yeah. Yeah. So come on by. Come no, down the red no, no, carpet, Michael. No. I'll do I'm an going interview to with you. I'm going to Sinatra's tonight. I'm oh. going to miss that. I'm going right. to go enjoy myself with my man Tommy Fair. at Sinatra's, and, and I've got my two boys going to meet me there with with uh, with Millie. So it'll be great. Yeah. yeah. Well, at Honors tonight, in addition to finding out about the the Hall of Fame and who's going to be the the five players that, that ultimately get in this coming year, we will also find out finally who wins all of the major awards. So MVP, Defensive I saw Offensive something Player of the Year. That, that somebody did they release it? C.J. Stroud won something. I wasn't sure. Did they release that already? No, I don't believe so. so maybe it's but just, I mean, I think it's he Twitter. Is going to win. Maybe it's Twitter <laughs> playing with us again. You know, with these fake people on Twitter. I don't understand why they get excited about this. You At know? the end of the hour, I want to go through it because we've seen some outlets that have gotten all of their NFL experts together to put their votes down mm -hmm. on who they think are going to win all the awards. Right. And there are some of what were the betting favorites that ultimately come through. Like, I think everybody is pretty much in agreement that Lamar Jackson's going to go home with the MVP trophy today. But there have been some shakeups as well in terms of what people have yeah, voted on. Yeah, you were saying so, that. You think that you think that maybe DeMar Hamlin's not going to win the comeback? I didn't say that. Oh, I'm not putting words in your mouth. I didn't I'm say not. that. But the votes that came in today from CBS Sports had Joe Flacco narrowly winning that award and not DeMar Hamlin. And I found that fascinating that it was 13 votes for Flacco and 12 for Hamlin. So very close still, but potential for a little shakeup, maybe. I did the, the Rizzo show, who I love, Tony Rizzo in Cleveland, tremendous man. And I was on his show this morning and he asked me, do you think they should sign Flacco back? And and I I don't even think there's a question of that. Would you sign? You would sign him back, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. I, you with what he was able to do on short notice to be there and be productive week in week out. Yeah. I think why not? Exactly. I I didn't understand why it would even be a concern. I know they especially have especially because Deshaun Watson's coming back. Right. So yeah. I mean, he's little... guaranteed. He can't feel. How could he feel threatened? He's got more <laughs> money than probably the city of Cleveland has in the bank. You know. <laughs> Correct. But for him to be what the 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 fourth guy that they had to get in there and to do what he did, it was fantastic. Uh, and and at least you would know that you would have a backup that. Has it together and knows yeah, your system I, and do all I, those I things. I don't understand how that was, you know. But anyway, I agree with that. I'm glad you do too. So uh, let's get Where back to Super Bowl 58 a little bit um, and continue to talk about this line and the way that it is, is, has stood still. What's your prediction for the closing line? Well, I mean, we're going to be together Sunday at Circa for our show. And, you know, obviously there'll be a lot of movement there. But what's your prediction for the closing line here on Thursday? I think two and a half. I do, too. I do, too. I don't which, think it'll ever get to three. But I do think everybody's going to be at two and a half by Sunday. Which, if you would have asked me the same question... Tuesday of last week, Monday of last week, I would have said I thought it was going to close pick or maybe even I, 49ers I, plus one, the way I, that the money is coming I in. would have said exactly the same thing. I think that, you know, and there's some incredible numbers out there when you break down some of these things that happen in terms of how the line moves and Super Bowls and all the things that usually has transposed itself and the betting trends that go into it. I mean, when you see it, you know, I mean, Kansas City has been for for most of this year a bad betting team. But the last five games, let's throw out the, the Charger game at the end of the year. That doesn't count. But the last four games that matter, mm -hmm. they've covered the spread in every game. Yeah. And so, like, that's kind of interesting how they've done it. And they've been able to do that. And the 49ers have been the opposite, right? They've been the opposite of that in terms of covering numbers. They haven't really been as good as they want. So this will be the 31st Super Bowl where there has been a point spread of six or fewer. 31st. 
And as much, Michael, as you, you want to not make fun of people because it's not nice, but make fun of the general thought process that someone's handicap is, oh, you can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. And I've learned my lesson. I can't bet yeah, against I Patrick know. Mahomes. But I also understand when you look at the historical numbers, he is the best ATS underdog bet in the Super Bowl era. He yeah. just has been. He's 10-1-1, or excuse me, I think it's 11-1-1 against the spread That's as an, an underdog. 10 outright wins. Let me ask you this question. Do you think, let's just say that Mahomes was favored by two. Do you think all those people would be using the same logic to bet Mahomes under a field goal that they're using to take the points with Mahomes? I think it would be more of a split than it is right now, but okay. I but I do. I think that I think that people would say that line was right, which is so interesting, right? right? Because right now we're talking about like the wrong team's favored, the wrong team's. I, I know. Th I think if the Chiefs were favored, the people would say, okay, that sounds right. I, I do. Right. No, Stormy, you've been doing this a long time, and your dad did it. I mean, like, have they ever gotten that wrong? <laughs> Listen, odds makers on a Super Bowl on a Super Bowl. It's kind of hard to think, right? Odds makers are not perfect, but they are able to put a number up that is so good that they are going to win regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like right. they're going to get money on both sides like they want versus it being a heavy, a heavy loss. So the Super Bowl underdogs are nine and seven straight up in the last 16 Super Bowls. And they're 11 and five against the spread. Overall, they're 36 and 21 straight up, 27, 28 and two against the spread. Mm -hmm. I mean, like they yeah. get it, right? They, I mean, that's why I asked the question. They get it, you know? And so uh, I, I think to me, they have the right team favorite. Now, well, you right. can take the Chiefs, but I, but I, the reason I asked that question is because of the narrative. The narrative is like we had Dan on, and everybody says, I'm not betting against Mahomes. I'm taking the points at Mahomes. And I, and I can't disagree with the logic because right. he's a great player. But to me, it, there's more to a game than just that. There has to be more to the game Absolutely. than just, or else, or else these casinos would be broke. And so that's why, it, if you had the argument where it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, it's also they have the better overall defense. It's also they have an advantage in the kicking game, which they do. Like, give me, give me more right. of of story and of a right. reason. Right. So it's like it's like the Eagles. One Mahomes. of the things the Eagles missed their opportunity with was the Eagles were an offense that really. If they were ever in fourth and one or third and short, they were they they you were basically had a deal with the Eagles on like because they could convert those because of the push the tuck push right. So when you got Mahomes and you got Buckner, you got two guys that are reliable. And so when it's under a field goal, you know that's you, that's a strong narrative to have with you. Whereas you know Moody is a concern, and now you're Moody the dog is a real concern. It is it, not because we don't think he's going to be a great kicker because. He may be. We see kickers that have this flip where they go from being uncertain to being reliable. And I mean, whether it's been Vinatieri, whether it's been Guskowski yeah. that I was with in, in, in New England. Matt Stover is a perfect example for me. I mean, my first year in Cleveland with Matt Stover in 91 when he was there, I was there before him. But I would have cut him and Bill was like, he's going to be OK. Just wait. And he did. And he was. And I hope I hope that he ends up to be one and he has a great career. But is there something to drafting kickers it is. that it doesn't work? I mean, even you look at, at what the Patriots did this year and obviously hindsight is what it is. But oh. to see Puka Nakua go after the kicker they drafted is tough to stomach. It and is. And Aguayo years ago didn't work out. I mean, out. think about it. You know, the, like the two things that fail, everybody wants to bury the, the Patriots. 
the kicker. I don't want to bury them. I know you don't, but you're right, though. The kicker killed them, and so did Mac Jones, the kicker and the quarterback. And that's the conversation we're having here today is the Patriots are a horrible team because the kicker and the quarterback were horrible. And the Chiefs are a really dynamic team because the quarterback and their kicker are great. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just to me, it's that simple. That's why turning the three points down is so hard for me to understand. I get it in the NBA. Take the three. Don't take the two because the volume of possessions wear in your favor. But you don't get volume of possessions in the sport. You only this game could be a nine possession game. Well, okay, with that, as far as the total sits at 47 and a half, are you feeling an under? Do you think that number's right on? What is your thought the under process? Is cashed, the under has cashed in four straight Super Bowls before last year's 38-35 over cash. Yeah. The over is 27-28-1 in the history of the Super Bowl. Uh, there was a no total. They didn't have the total. Actually, the, the, the first Super Bowl, there was no total in that yeah. game. Can you believe that? <laughs> that's funny. But that's a good point. There's been no real edge historically until recent history. There's been the trend of unders. But last year was a shootout, obviously. And I think it was two quarterbacks that could move the football. And I think it's this this year's two quarterbacks. Look, the, the 49er, the, the, the Eagle defense last year was sensational. And the Chief defense was good. And they could pressure the passer. And both teams move the ball effectively. Yeah. I, uh, I'm nervous as far as the 49ers go about Jake Booty, and I'm nervous about Chase Young. And I think you're going to see less of Chase. I, I, I think they'll use him as a nickel rusher. I think they'll use him in the right role, the right spot. I think they're going to need to get their edges with more, solid, with more power outside. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSEN, the sports betting network. Super Week rolling on live from Meteor Row at the 
Convention Center at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. This segment is brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Heart. We are the Lombardi Line alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you, and very pleased to welcome in NFL Insider for Bleacher Report, Jordan Schultz, friend of the show. Thank you for doing this. My pleasure, Stormy. Thank great, you, to, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Vegas treating you well. Yeah, you know, uh, I was telling you before we went on, it's the combination of Super Bowl and Vegas sensory yeah. overload. I was in the lobby <laughs> for like seven minutes and I just said, I got it. I got to get out of here. Yeah, this this, you got, I tell you what, if you don't have an appointment, if you go in there, that's like going the rumble in the jungle circus, in there. You, you better get yeah, out because yeah. they're going to somebody's going to put you on. Yeah. You know, you could be you could pretend you're somebody else and they're just going to put you on the air. They could care less. <laughs> that's why I, I, I hate going in there. And you, yeah. like you're looking around, and you, like people think, is he trying to get interviewed? No, I'm not. I'm just I want to get out of there as no, quick you, as possible. We went over so that Michael could say hi to his guy, Mad Dog Russo, the other day. <laughs> the legend. He walks the about 15 feet and someone stops him. Hey, Michael. Michael, Michael. Would you mind? Yeah, yeah, they're just looking for free content. It has nothing to do with me. They just want somebody to talk for 10 minutes. And you're a nice guy, so you yeah, apply. I, I, I have a hard time turning anybody but, down. But speaking of Vegas, the thing I keep asking people about is, you know, I was born and raised mm -hmm. in the city. And so for so long, there was just such a stigma around this city, especially with major professional sports, especially with the National Football League. So to have a Super Bowl here feels crazy to me. I bet you growing up, you never would have anticipated. Ever. Of all things, that Vegas would have the NFL, Vegas would have the Super Bowl, let alone the Raiders. So, no, it, it is a great sports town. There's no question. And, uh, you know, I see some Vegas Golden Knights jerseys. I like yeah. to see that. She's a big gold. She was yeah. a Golden Knights girl. I used to work for the yeah. team. Yep. Nice. We, we just team. saw the Rangers get blown out by them at the Garden last week, 5-2. I wasn't going to bring so, that up. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, no, it's been great. And uh, it is a great sports town. I'll give you that. Yeah. Good food. Good sports. But uh, I see that smile on your it's face. Just You're so happy here. Much, you like it's it. It's so much <laughs> just overload, you know. Yeah. It's like holy moly, I need a minute. But anyways, I'm a low key guy, you know, I'm low key. Jordan, let, let me ask you, are you more surprised of the Super Bowl being here or that we're gonna open up the twenty twenty four, twenty five season in Brazil? I mean that kind of that has floored me. Uh, I would say at this point, Brazil. Yeah, that we had heard that South America or I should say, you know, we've already had Mexico. We had heard that Brazil was in was in the mix. We've heard Spain. Obviously, they've had so much success in the UK and Germany. But Brazil getting the opener with the Eagles says a lot. Who and do you think they're going to play? I, I don't know. I what mean, network is going to broadcast it too? That's a whole nother question. Yeah, I'm true. just hoping the DraftKings can somehow send us out there. Michael. I would like that. that. Would I, nice. I, I wouldn't mind going to Brazil. I don't know about the security element there, but you know, I would like that. Yeah. What if? What would it be? It wouldn't be the Super Bowl winner because that's not the kickoff game, right? It's a Friday. It's a Friday. We're gonna do right. it on Friday, they, so the kickoff game's a, on Thursday. So right. we're gonna have we're gonna have opening Friday. Which look, the NFL is can take any day they want to take. Yeah. Yeah. We took over Thursday. We took over Friday. I mean, I think the the, the 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 Black Friday is here to stay. That was awesome. Even though it was a horrible game, it's awesome. Black Friday was amazing, and it also gave you something else on Thanksgiving to look forward to. Yeah. Because you get such an overload on Thursday, and you think you're done till Sunday. I loved it. I also thought that. It signifies, Brazil does, just another indication that the NFL is truly a global game. Yep. For, the, for, for so long, the NBA has said, we're the global game. And the NBA is, basketball is, without question. But the NFL taking a, a big grip now in Mexico and Brazil on, on an opener is incredible. I thought it was great. And I think the Super Bowl in Las Vegas is just another massive indication that the league has uh, transformed. And you just look at the ratings this year, too. Like, the yeah. sport is more popular than ever. And it's awesome to see the growth and how many people have grown to love of it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the coaching cycle here a little bit. Is there a hire that surprised you or someone that didn't get a job that surprises I, you? I was uh, 
maybe this is naivete, but I was surprised that Bill Belichick did not get a job. I was. I thought it was pretty clear that the Chargers were the only organization willing to cede control. And Jim Harbaugh gets a lot of control. And obviously, they bring in Joe from Baltimore. And that's I love that hire. And But it's still the Jim Harbaugh show. And he brought a ton of people with him, including his, his DC, Jesse Minner. But... The fact that he didn't get the job in Atlanta and that he interviewed twice said a lot to me. And I thought, and I don't know, Michael, what your, your take on this, I'd love to hear it. I thought that going in, he was the favorite. He and was. I thought that as the process went on, it became pretty clear that even if Terry stayed, Terry Fontenot stayed, that it would still be Bill having the final word, having the final say. And then I think Raheem really blew them away. What I was told was that Raheem learned a lot from what happened in Tampa, learned how to delegate. He brings Zach Robinson with him from L.A., has a good special teams coach. And uh, I think there was a clear indication that Atlanta really wanted to restart and, and go younger with a, with a young head coach who, who well, within 15 minutes had called half the team and said, this is, this is what it's going to look like for you. This is how I'm going to use you, how I'm going to deploy your services. You trust me. I will make you help make you great, which I thought was really cool. Well, I mean, Raheem was the favorite of Rich McKay from the beginning. Yeah. And, and when Bill met with, uh, when Belichick met with Arthur Blank on the, on the yacht in the, down in wherever it was in St. Thomas, you know, it went really well. The second one was a lot different because that had given, no, given McKay and Fontenot time to kind of like rally the forces, as Thomas Dimitrov said and I've yeah. said. You know, they didn't want that. They didn't want to go and change the organization, and they convinced Arthur not to. And look, Raheem is... Rich McKay's guy. That was his hire. You can put it on Fontenot, but that's the guy he wanted to hire. And and I love Raheem, and I'm happy for him, and I think he deserves a second chance. But to me, it's a little bit strange that you have a coach who's won six Super Bowls, and you decided to stick with the course of a front office that won 21 games over the last three years. It all wasn't Arthur Smith's fault. No, absolutely not. He gets a quick quick OC job in Pittsburgh, which you know, happy for him. But but I thought Rich McKay clearly had had full autonomy of this operation. He ran, and, he ran the whole thing. And he ran it from behind the scenes, and now he's, they say he's going to go to another office, but he's never going to another. They, you know, we have these things called phones. Yeah. yeah they yeah, work. It works. <laughs> well, why do you think, this surprised me a little bit, why do you think, Michael, that, that Arthur has given so much trust too rich, given the fact that they haven't over the last few seasons really had that tangible success. I, I, that I can't explain. I think that's, that's the million dollar yeah. question. I think I don't think you're asking that. I think a lot of people in the league are I, asking. I, I that. wish I knew the answer. And to they it. wish they knew the answer. You have to admire Rich. You you can, and I'm not being critical of the man. You have to admire his ability to continue to be the consigliere of an owner without having a lot of success. I think Arthur Blank, 82 years old, felt like their roster was pretty good. Didn't didn't want to rebuild, but I guess in a sense you're, you're resetting everything because you're bringing in a head coach who went to Tampa didn't have a lot of success but you're really putting a tremendous amount of stock in him if you're telling him and you're telling your fans we're, take, we're picking you over Bill so Jerry Jones doesn't extend Mike McCarthy he's said recently that hey like yeah Bill and I are friends I could definitely work with Bill mm -hmm. uh, so the Cowboys the Eagles both of them retain their coaches but there have been question marks about them are those two spots you could see as potential landing places I, next I, year maybe I thought if things don't work out, I thought maybe a little bit more with Philadelphia, because I thought if Bill were to go to Dallas to have even if Jerry says I'm going to let let the personnel people be those people. I mean, Jerry's always involved. I mean, it, he has a weekly radio show. He's not going to do I just not going to happen. Well, so that's the one thing. And I've talked to you about this, Michael, <laughs> that I would just find so hard to believe that Bill Belichick could be in an organization where his owner, he's going to have to take questions about what his owner said on the radio every single week. Well, that I, would be I, tough. But I think he's taking questions of what someone said 
in his conference without attribution. So this one does come with attribution. Yeah. Right. So there's always somebody talking to somebody. This this Jerry does it out front. He doesn't make it's any mistakes. It's a d- different yeah. level, I it's feel a, like. Yeah, I know it is. And it's hard. It is really hard. But I think, you know, with Bill, the players would know they work for him, just like they did with Parcells. I, th- I think... Um, I don't know if this is a, a bad take, but it's my opinion that it's 70, almost 72 years old. Bill would be best served being a head coach and then having some say in the personnel, but not having both hats. Well, I, I think, look, you, you have to build a team around what the head coach needs to facilitate the team that he wants to build. You know, if you're trying to get Belichick to take little corners and he wants the corners to tackle, that's not practical, right? So the philosophy has to come from him. And I think what he gets mischaracterized is, and I was funny, I was with Michael Holly the other day who wrote a book mm-hmm. The Patriot Way The Patriot Reign or whatever it's called you know he Bill's one of the great listeners of all time the problem is the people trying to convince him of something don't know what they're talking about and that's when you get in trouble yeah yeah well said with uh, with Super Bowl 58 obviously Chiefs and 49ers we heard a report that uh, or I guess Andy Reid was asked about it and talked about it that Eric Bieniemy came mm-hmm. in before the yeah. AFC championship mm-hmm. game and, and talked to the team mm-hmm. he obviously is out of the job in Washington mm-hmm. could he end up back in Kansas City where do you what I, are you hearing I think that's possible he has four or five other teams that uh, are in the mix as well. Uh, and Eric, I think, you know, he got a lot of criticism for going from Kansas City to Washington. Oh, it didn't work out. They, they, I don't know how many people would have been successful last year in Washington, respectfully. Um, but he has four or five teams in the mix right now for him. And Kansas City, I think, would be one of the teams potentially willing to bring him back. I don't know if it would be an OC role, but I think they would. Is there any OC jobs open? I don't think there are. Seattle's are the only one left. Right. He has an interview out there, though. No, and, and you have they also have their DC job, so they haven't right. filled it either. Right. They they haven't filled their OC job either. No, both. They're taking their time, and obviously McDonald's going to hire somebody I, that he knows. I think they'll have that done by the end of the week sure by, by, by Super Bowl. Who gets the Dallas defensive coordinator job, Jordan? Well, Marquand Manuel was my, was my sleeper because he's interviewing this second, and right. I thought he had a, I thought he made a pretty good uh, made a pretty good would make a pretty good choice. Although, uh, and he's worked before with Mike, so that was my sleeper. But I know they love Al Harris there as well. Yeah, but you don't think it'll be Rivera or I don't think it's gonna be Rivera and Rex Ryan. No, <laughs> and Mike Zimmer. Zimmer, I thought was actually interesting. I thought so too. But I, I would uh, Zimmer out of those three would yeah, have the lead for me. We gotta hit the break. Who wins on Sunday? Kansas City 24-21. Boo! Yeah. I've been on the Chiefs for a while, so I guess. <laughs> thank you, no, Jordan. Thank, thank you, you so much. We'll be right back on the Lombardi This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Media Row at the Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas. This segment is presented by 1-800-Flowers.com, DraftKings official flowers for Valentine's Day. Alongside three-time Super Bowl winning executive Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. We've got a special guest on set with us, Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton. How we doing? Doing good. Good. Happy to have you here with us. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, happy to be here. How'd you hurt your hand? Uh, During camp, fall camp in August. And it's been that bad all year, huh? Yeah, I wore a cast during the season. Uh, did it make you? Did it? Was it? Was, did you have to have a hard time adjusting to the catching, or was it? <clears throat> yeah, because the cast covered a, a portion of my hand that right, the, yeah. the, the ball would hit. So kind of a little period of there, making sure it didn't ricochet off my hand. But did you try to body catch more than you normally would have? Uh, no, I still try to. I try to yeah, use my hand. Yeah, I know hands. it's hard, right? Yeah. 
That's impressive. I mean, that's the hardest thing to do, right? That, yeah. that thing's too hard. Did you have to get it operated on? Yeah, I just had surgery about a month ago. Yeah, we're not we're not doctors here, no. but we know medicine. Yeah, yeah we, we've been talking about trying to do a segment that I'm not a doctor, but and then give all of our opinions. But yeah. um, no, glad glad to see that you're doing well. Happy to have you out here in Vegas. What was the the biggest difference you feel like from year one to year two under Brian Dable? Felt like things were a little bit different. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think. Obviously, kind of the the main thing was was Daniel was out a good bit. Yeah. You know, he he got hurt early, and then kind of came back, and then obviously was out for the season after the Raiders game. And um, we had some other key injuries. Andrew Thomas got hurt in the very first game of the year, missed some time. So um, we had some 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 unfortunate things in that nature. But but other than that, um, you know, obviously we just didn't make the plays in the close games that we needed to make to win them. Yeah, and as you look, as you. Forward, Mike Kafka stayed with the team. He interviewed in Seattle. He tried to go to Seattle ZOC. They wouldn't let him go there. So, what do you see as the future? We know Saquon's a free agent, right? But we know they're obviously they want to try to sign him back. They could use the franchise tag on him again. Mm-hmm. But what do you see for the offense next year? I think we improve. You know, I think um, obviously. As a, a as a friend first, you know I want to take one back. You know sure you he's a great football player as well. You know so want him for football as well. But um, you know whether whether he he does return or doesn't return, obviously you know we got to do better than what we did this year. So um, whoever would be the next running back in succession to take over, if he were not to be back, um, you know would have to do a good job and we'd have to find a way to win. You know how challenging was that last year in the preseason when you're hearing all the back and forth and Saquon's not around like you anticipate him being from the jump, and then having to have all of those question marks again for the second year in a row yeah last year was a little bit different because he was under tag so it's like he knew he was gonna be back like yeah. you know he just like, didn't want to be under the tag yeah which, is, which to, is that's but, why i asked because like they could do that again yeah. hypothetically yeah um i mean if they do then you know obviously i hope it doesn't go that way but um you know if they do you know it is what it is but uh last year was a little different in that even though there was dispute the franchise tags it's like trying to get a divorce but like you know your wife tags you like, <laughs> like you can't leave yeah you know you can't leave anyway yeah, so yeah. Uh, you know yeah. but uh, i don't know if that works i don't know if that can work anymore there's too much money involved yeah. but you know i mean i think you're right you have to take the approach as a player that this is a business right and so sure. you want the best thing for him because he's your friend but you also want the best thing for the team too right of and course. i think you know the giants do want him there i think that's pretty clear it's just understanding what the the running back market is yeah and i mean the running back markets took a big hit you know these last couple years kind of the way that people value running backs but you know i think you look at any winning team look at the two teams in the super bowl yeah where were the Chiefs before they got Pacheco? Well, the yeah, but so Pacheco's on a seventh-round contract. See, they drafted Edward Solaire in the first round, which was a low first-round pick. But you're right. I mean, you got to have one. The problem, you have one. the problem is there's. It's a little bit like there's a lot of them. It's the law of economics, you know. And there's so many out there that you say, wait a minute, hold on, you know. And and I think Saquon's a great player, but you know, you know, in your sport today, it's your play plus your contract. Those two things go together. Yeah. As back in the day, it was just play. Yeah, the play. Player, right because sure. we didn't have a cap now yeah. i know in the season it was a little bit short-lived but i gotta know what was it like during that tommy devito tommy cutlets <laughs> mania in the i saw his agent room. over here you i mean he looked, i saw him i was doing an interview i saw his he um, really looked like listen. he just came from <laughs> from the casting of goodfellas he looked like he just came in there what was that like it was really like living a movie honestly like, I bet. it felt fake like it felt like 
the Sopranos and the Giants football came <laughs> and had a baby. Like it was, it was a lot of fun though. I will say because you know, like it got like the the fans and the community behind it. It got you know some positive energy behind a year that wasn't going the way we wanted to. So um, it was a lot of fun, you know. And it was it was obviously awesome to see him get his time in the sun. How did he handle it? How was he? Did were you kind of impressed the way he handled the the fame? And then you know he you know he let him. I mean, look. I mean, one of the games that blew me away was you guys beating the Packers when yeah. everybody thought the Packers were, you know, they were touchdown favorite going in the game. Yeah, I mean, I think he did a great, considering the fact that he's from 10 minutes from the stadium. Yeah. I mean, Living at mom's house. <laughs> you imagine what his phone looked like? Yeah. You know, insane. And, you know, he came in and he was still focused. And obviously we were able to win three games. You know? I know. So, I know. And, you know, you beat the Patriots. Down. They missed the field goal. You beat the Packers. So, yeah. yeah. Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton kind enough to join us here on the Lombardi line live from Media Row in Las Vegas. And let's go to your quarterback who you mentioned off the top, you know, got injured earlier than you guys would hope. But um, obviously he gets the contract this past year. So there's a clear belief in the organization in Daniel Jones. What's your guys relationship like and, and how is he doing right now? Yeah, that's my guy. You know, we came in together, um, done a lot for me in my career, thrown me a lot of good passes in my career, which has helped me. But, um, you know, obviously he's recovering right now and hopefully um you know, I don't know what the ACL is always different for everybody. So hopefully he'll be ready by week one next year. But um, I look forward to playing with him. And I think, you know, he's our, he's our guy. He's our quarterback. Yeah. You, you played the Niners in week three mm -hmm. and you didn't play the Chiefs this year. So I know you kind of haven't played a bunch. What's your instincts on the game? Kind of how do you see this game? I think it's a either you believe in Patrick Mahomes overcoming you know i think that it's pretty obvious that the 49ers are a better team right i think anybody would agree with that but i think we all know the great equalizer is patrick mahomes right you know so either in my opinion you believe he overcomes that or you believe the 49ers team is too much for the chiefs how how impressive is that that this kansas city chiefs team despite like the way that they looked the majority of the season right mm -hmm. still found a way to get to this point like i'm i i think that's crazy to me that this yeah. felt like the year that the chiefs are vulnerable their wide receivers aren't catching passes yeah. and they still end up here i'm be honest it feels a bit like they're just like faded sometimes like am i in a disney movie where no matter what you do the protagonist wins like <laughs> yeah. i thought for i'm be honest i thought for sure the ravens were going to beat them right yeah. i thought 100 i think a lot of people did too yeah i thought right. there was no way the chiefs win that game yeah, or look, they could have lost. If Diggs catches the pass and Bass yeah. makes the field goal, they're in overtime or they're winning that game. And so, you know, they have had a little bit of a, I don't want to call it luck, but well, they've had good they, fortune. Flowers, the fumble at the at yeah, that's a closer game. Line, that's like, a closer game, absolutely. right? I mean, it is. And some at some point, you know, we tend to overlook that a little bit. And I think, you know, the Niners, they're the opposite. They haven't played yeah. their two best games yet. Yeah, they haven't. They've pretty much they've pretty much dominated most of this playoff obviously i'm be honest though i did think the lions were gonna the lions were gonna beat them did you really why yeah, do you I think did. that i just think the lions played the best team like they don't obviously they don't have the talent the niners have but i just feel like as a team they play great team ball like, yeah. they believe they play hard and i thought that and their offense is is a juggernaut yeah, you know, no. like they don't have the flashy names, I guess, that people want to say or see, but they're pretty unstoppable. Yeah. You know, so I thought for sure the Lions would beat them. And to be honest, if one of those uh, Dan Campbell fourth downs went the other way. What you, now, let's would. ask you as a player, what did you think of that? Now, be honest, that was Dan Campbell. It's not you're not coaching. Yeah. You're not criticizing Dayball here for sure. But it, don't you get the sense 
that the locker room, forget the analytics, and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, yeah. that, that you want to take the points. Like, you want that. Now, there's some people, and you can dispute this, yeah. that believe momentum doesn't exist in sports, which I think is completely insane. See, I don't agree with that. I was say, I, let's, I, right? let's start there. Mm, okay. Do you believe in momentum? 100%. Why? It's just like, once you get good energy going and you're executing at a high level, it's there's a definite difference between that and when you're struggling to find it. Like, there's it's night and day. Thank you. And I think that if you're rolling on offense and it's like fourth and – I'll be honest, especially somebody like the Lions that like can pass the ball pretty effectively. If it's anything like fourth and eight and you're rolling, why not? But in those situations, I guess, would you Don't have you think preferred? The mo- yeah, the momentum shifted back to when they didn't when get they it. didn't get it. Yeah, for sure. And that's okay. the catch 22 of it is that it can go the other way. But I just think that when it does work for you. I mean, it's... But if you get the three on the board, that works for you, too. It does. Like a, Now, the last time he did it, I think he should have took the points. The, the long field goal. Yeah, the long field, I think he should have took those points. See, and now I'm curious about this game, the strategy from Kyle Shanahan, because their kicker has been struggling, yeah. um, and whether or not he wants to be aggressive in some of those fourth down situations or try to trust the kicker, I don't know. So that's, that's one of the angles in this game that I'm very curious about. We've only yeah. got about 30 seconds left, but because you mentioned Isaiah Pacheco, seventh-round pick... Brock Purdy, seventh round pick. How cool is that to see what some of these guys are doing on this stage, given where they were selected in the draft? It's awesome. I think it's great for the league and and a league where it's it's so first round and and centric. And these guys are the only good players to ever come to the NFL (laughs) in their first 32. You know, I think it's great that we're getting to see two seventh round picks be dominant players on Super Bowl teams. Remember, it's not where you get picked, it's how you play. That's the key to the end, the key to the league. And we can't seem to get that through on Brock Purdy. The guy plays pretty damn good. Plays good ball. You're awesome, Darius. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much. Appreciate appreciate you. Appreciate you guys having me. We will be right back here from Media Row. This is the Lombardi line on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is... 
This is the Lombardi Line, live from Media Row for Super Bowl 58 on VSEN, the sports betting network. Media Row in Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi and Stormy Bonantoni with you. This segment is presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. A huge thank you to all the great guests that we've had on. A great conversation moments ago with Giants wide receiver Darius Slayton, as well as NFL insiders Dan Graziano and Jordan Schultz. Um, it's always fun when we can get some of those guys on and yeah, it's good. dive deeper thought, into like the coaching carousel. Yeah, I, I thought he was, I thought Darius was great. Yeah. I mean, you know, talking about going for it on fourth down, talking about going, you know, to get the player's perspective in that yeah, they're doing well, it every day. I think we, you know, we ignore that, but I think there is a deflation in the locker room that comes from not getting the points. If, you're, if your basic principle is there's no momentum in sports, then it's easy for you to say to go for it on fourth down. You know what I wish I would have asked him is what about halftime? We talk so much about like halftime adjustments and a halftime reset or not letting a team carry over momentum from the first half to the second half. Like how real is that? It's Well, it's real, but it also has to be within the planning of the game like for me this game is a lot about you know what are we going to do at halftime what are we going to do in the second half like you have to have two games you have to have two game plans a half a first half and a second half and you got like especially in this game steve wilkes has got to be really good to start the game but he also has to have he has to keep something in his pocket Mm -hmm. to save himself for the fourth quarter you don't want to just put all your good stuff out there and then all of a sudden you run out of stuff sure and i think that's really halftime adjustments are not rah-rah speeches right you know what what happens at halftime you know the offense goes in one room the defense goes in in the other room and you, you kind of go over okay here's how we're going to play this formation everybody's getting okay this is what we want to do all right let's go guys just 12 minutes mm-hmm. now this is a longer halftime of the Super Bowl but once that happens you know then the coach gets together so okay fine we got to focus it's not there's no halftime speech like Newt Rockney let's go win well, one for the Gipper <laughs> and that is a great speech uh, but to your point even when people were asking all the 49ers players about what was said in the locker room at halftime when they led that amazing turnaround in the NFC championship against the Lions they were like well the only real thing was said was from Shanahan do you want this to be your last game do you want it to end this way yeah and 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 really you can't talk about winning until you get a first down sure you can't talk about getting back in the game until you get points (laughs) I loved all of the post-game comments though like when we only got a field goal on that opening offensive drive I was a little bit worried but then you started to put things together field goal win you know field goal gave them a little bit of momentum better than nothing and then you know they they went for it on fourth down instead of kicking the field goal to tie to go back up by uh by going up 17 mm-hmm. points, you know, and all of a sudden they, you know, and then their momentum swung in their favor. So I think to me, it's, you know, if you don't believe momentum exists in sports, then you keep looking at your play sheet and saying, go for it on fourth down. If you believe like I do, like Slayton did, you know, that that momentum exists, like most people who compete in sports believe, then, you know, you're going to, you're gonna, you should weigh it. I'm not, again, I'm not saying every fourth down you shouldn't go for it or every fourth down you should. I'm saying it's all about the situation that you're faced with. And that's why I appreciate a lot of coaches that say that they pair a lot of the percentages and the analytics and numbers and research that their folks have gathered with situation and personnel that's on the field and how the momentum of the game might be trending at that point. So I think all that's important. 49ers, by the way, still two-point favorite coming up for Super Bowl 58 this coming Sunday against the Chiefs, total 47 and a half. Also, coming up tonight in addition to you know media row and all of the great festivities nfl honors will be tonight great, yeah. there we will find out who the five finalists who are going to be enshrined in the 2024 hall of fame will be and we'll finally get 
who is going to win the year-long awards for the National Football Which League. Which is great. You know, they used to do this on the Saturday, but I, I like the fact that we do it on Thursday night now. Give us a little bit more time to talk about it and digest it and see. So, yeah, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to see what the Hall of Fame, because obviously I wrote Have the book. Have you heard anything? I, I think Steve McMichael will get in for sure. Okay. I think he's going to get in. Uh, I don't know about anybody else. But it'll be. We had Peter King on yesterday. We didn't. We didn't have a chance to yeah. ask him that question. So, uh, Steve McMichael, of course, legend for the Bears. A uh, couple Bears, though. Potentially, I saw a report from the Chicago Sun Times that said this should be the year Devin Hester gets yeah. in. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the fifteen. And you know, look, Tommy McDonald's in the Hall of Fame. And Dami McDonald was the Devin Hester of his era. He got traded three or four times, once for a kicker. He's, he scored 61 touchdowns in his career. But I think Hester's better. See, here's the problem is when you, when you have somebody that you put in from another era and there's somebody who has better numbers, mm-hmm. you know, you say, well, he belongs in because you put that guy in. Well, that guy's numbers were probably a little skewed because the eras were different, mm-hmm. right? Like Sterling Sharp belongs in the Hall of Fame. Like, I don't, I'm going to keep screaming this forever. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. He was a great receiver. He only played a short way. Well, they said, well, he only played a short receiver. Well, so did Baselli. Yeah. So, so did so did so did Terrell Davis. I mean, and he only played one year with Favre. If he had Don Majakowski throwing him the ball, yeah. and he was scoring touchdowns, so I'd like to see that happen. He hasn't been able to get to the plate yet. With uh, with Hester uh, and it being Super Bowl week, you can't help but think about the opening kickoff yeah. being returned and everybody talking leading up to like you can't kick it to him, and then yeah. they do, and that's what he ends up doing. Um, Julius Pepper is also in this group. He's got to get in right away. He's in my top 100 yeah. players in my book. I I can't imagine. Imagine that he's not a first-time ballot get in the Hall of Fame guy. Tory Holt, um, Patrick Willis. See, Patrick Willis not being in yet, that's surprising to me. Eight seasons in the NFL, not uh, seven Pro Bowls, five first-team All-Pros. The first-team All-Pros are more significant. The Pro Bowls are a little, look, but Tyler Huntley went years. to the Pro Bowl. Yeah. yeah, you know, he went to the Pro Bowl last year. I don't think we think of him as a Pro Bowl quarterback. But I, I do think that, you know, when you're All-Pro and you're doing what he did, you know, at the Mike linebacker position, which to me is, is significant and it's important even more so now than ever uh, because when your mic's fast your defense is fast it's one of the reasons why the 49ers are good because yeah. they're Fred Warner it gives them a, a, an element of their defense that's imp- that that they need those guys Warner, we're talking about this game here Warner's gonna have to have a hell of a game Absolutely. he's gonna have to tackle really well uh, with with Pep Julius Peppers by the way when he went back to Carolina and ultimately retired a Panther I was working for the team at the time and for anybody that's never been in a media scrum, this is one of my favorite memories because my camera was in the spot that he needed to be. Immediately after that final game, everybody rushes to Julius Pepper's locker. And so my cameraman is in the perfect spot, but I was like caught up doing something. I sprint in and there's a full crowd, but I, I work for the team. I have to get my microphone in there. I ended up, Michael, on my hands and knees, crawling underneath <laughs> these people and just holding my doing microphone whatever up it like takes. this. Whatever it took to make sure I did not miss the sound of I Julius Pepper's it. final game. I love oh. it. I love it. That that shows your dedication to the sport. I appreciate that. So what will you be doing tonight? So tonight I'll be uh, down there. As soon as our show is over, I'm going to head over to Resorts World and I'll be down at the red carpet for DraftKings. We're going to talk to all the all the players. uh, And what time does it start? What time does it start? The show starts officially at 6 p.m. local time uh, Pacific. And then the the media availability red carpet is from like one o'clock to five. So are you going to judge outfits too like they do on the red carpet at the Academy? I have never done a red carpet. So I might have to 
lead off with just saying, I've been told I'm supposed to ask who you're wearing. You know, Abby Berman, Bill Berman's daughter, who's a student at Alabama, she wants to be able to do the draft fashion, which I think is a brilliant idea, right? She wants to grade, you know how all the guys wear those suits and, oh, yeah. you know, and, and obviously for me, I'm from a different generation, so I don't really get it. I, I admit I'm old, but she <laughs> does. And so, but I think we need somebody to judge these outfits, yes. you know, somebody out there to, to kind of like give us a, a perspective of who's, you know, like who looks sharp and who doesn't. Yeah, like, like the fashion police. Right, like everybody loves Mike McDaniel's coaching outfit with his with his pants pulled up. They used to make fun of Vince Lombardi when he had his <laughs> pants pulled up. Now Mike McDaniel's does it. They think it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. So good, but it'll be great. We'll talk to some of the nominees and oh, we got we got celebrities walking in here now. We got celebrities walking in now. Aunt Millie and they got there the whole go. crew. There we go. Now we're going to get interviews. We're going to get interviews now. Yeah, we're going to finally get interviews. Um, yeah. These last couple of minutes, though, I want to talk about the NFL awards really quickly, just because we all assume Lamar Jackson's going to win his. His second MVP. Um, Miles Garrett is the presume you would think would be winning defensive player of the year. Miles Garrett or I mean Micah Parsons was also a very short number. I gotta think it's Garrett, right? TJ Watt on this CBS Sports, like all of their major NFL experts voted on everything. TJ Watt got 17 votes. Miles Garrett got eight from CBS Sports. Does I wanna that- know who's doing this voting now. So that's why I'm curious. Do we think any of these types of results are gonna translate to what the actual AP voters do? Yeah, I mean we gotta do some we gotta figure out who's doing these votings. Like it's gotta be, you know. Because another one, so everybody was on board with C.J. Stroud, um, defensive rookie of the year. Oh, comeback player of the year. Can Millie come on with us for the last minute? Come on up here. Come on, get up here. You want to make an appearance? Get up here. Now she needs help getting up here. Come on, get over here. Let's go. Oh, and the sneaker game is strong. Yeah, I mean, you know. We've only got a minute left. Get get on the mic. Yeah. (laughs) Here you go. This will be good. For me. So nice to meet you, too. The one and only Millie, ladies and gentlemen. Finally so who's going to win, Millie? Who flesh. are we picking? Yes, who we got? I'm going with the Niners just because I'm sitting next to my girl here. I can't go against them. Oh, you're the best. I so appreciate <laughs> you. See, I thought it might be because of the ring he has on his finger. Well, she has one of those, too. I got oh, one, too. That's amazing. <laughs> um, where's, why aren't you wearing it today? No, you know. Uh, she gave it to her daughter-in-law as a kindness gift. Because when they... Mick first was with the Niners. His, uh, how many years ago? Long time ago. Yeah, so I gave it to my daughter-in-law so she could have it to wear. That's amazing. So now she's, yeah. How has everything been this week? The resort's treating you okay? Awesome. Michael hasn't Restaurant. tried to tell you to go get coffee anymore, right? No, He's been no. giving me this whole thing about how, like, I'm working so hard and, like, I, she needs me to get her the coffee. As it should be. As it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Should be. I'm Team Millie on this one, Michael. All day. Yeah, tell me about it, right? We know that. <laughs> no, you're the best. Thank you so much Thanks for, having, for having me. I wish that we had more time, but um, no, this is it's plenty great. Of time. It's <laughs> well, you're going to be stuck with me tomorrow, though, because we've got dinner on that. Right. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening.